This episode is sponsored by the young adult novel, Before Anyone Knows, by Renee Lewis. It's Friday night, and 17-year-old Paige Neubauer has to make a choice before Monday when news will break that is going to ruin her life. She can stay and face the consequences from her conservative Christian parents, or she can run and be free of them for good. But a storm delays her choice and leaves her trapped in a local grocery store overnight with a classmate she hardly knows. And by the time the sun comes up, neither of their lives will ever be the same. Both girls are dealing with their own crisis and somewhere between broom hockey, a dance party, and an ongoing debate about a pair of bagel-loving mice, they begin to confide in each other and learn that sometimes someone you barely know can care for you in all the right ways. So head over to Amazon and purchase the new young adult novel, Before Anyone Knows, by Renee Lewis. This one is a page turner. It'll be sure to keep your interest, so go ahead and purchase that book today, currently on Amazon in the Kindle format. for joining the Go Queen brand podcast, The Key Chat. So today I have a Louisiana native. You guys know how I feel about 504-985-225. So today I have Miss Courtney Monroe, and she's the owner of Avenue Row, which is this great salon. So I want to give her the platform immediately because you know, sisters, you know how we feel about this being beautiful. And my mom has a famous term that she would tell me as a child, a uh, woman's hair is her crowning glory. So <laughs> I love talking to stylists. I want to give Miss Courtney the floor. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for being on the show. So let's get started. First off, like I said, I actually, believe it or not, am a beauty school dropout. So <laughs> yeah, I'm one of those people who like, I love to do hair. I just didn't like stick with it as I should have because that's actually one of my, I love hair. Does anything about it, hair and makeup. So how long have you been doing hair first off? What, what was your, when did you realize you had that talent? Well, actually, it's been my entire life. No lie. Um, I have done hair probably, I probably, I would say I started, you know, loving everything hair as early as probably six years old. So I oh, have wow. an older cousin and she died when she was 24. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I was younger, so I'm the youngest of my grandma's grandkids and I'm the only mm-hmm. child. So my cousin was like 17 when I was born. So just imagine, you know, like growing up and, or however old she was, we just 
that big of a gap. She's my first cousin. So mm-hmm. um, she was in hair school at the time. And so I used to always be with her, like love her, like I'm her baby. So when she would do people's hair, you know, I'm like playing in her rollers, you know, <laughs> her, with her mannequins or whatever. So it's just kind of like something that's always come quite natural for me. Mm-hmm. And I would say as early as I started like doing hair, I started doing my best friend's hair probably like at 11. I mean, doing her like little micro braids with synthetic <laughs> hair. <laughs> Whatever I just used to practice, you know, every single thing that I learned um, was self-taught and it was about that young. Um, Mm -hmm. And as I grew, as I got older, like during high school, my mom had a friend, um, she retired, like she was a retired stylist. And one day, and it's so crazy because I haven't even, I don't even, I haven't even saw the lady again. You know how you meet so many people during your lifetime, but my mom, we end up some kind of way just ending ending up in her house and she ended up saying you know she you know she retired or whatever and she had like this her whole garage was like full of her salon stuff so mom was like you know well how much you want for the stuff you know I'll buy that for my daughter she bought me I'm talking dryer chairs um shampoo bowl the Marcel irons all the lady rollers everything so I had all of this stuff in my mom's living room and this is my this is my summer job so i had clients i'm talking like grown women was my clients in high school this was over the summer all of my friends had jobs but this was like my job mm-hmm. um, so it was just literally like something that never left me um when i graduated high school though i was like first generation college student in my family um mm-hmm. And I was more so torn. Like at the time I wanted to do like an apprenticeship program or something like that, because that's just the only thing I really knew about or had information about. But um, I was so scared, you know, I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know what it was, you know, like just graduating, you know, you're dealing with, you're in school and they're talking to you about the next level. Um, At the time, I just feel like cosmetology wasn't, glorified and I was kind of torn between you know me being that middle age um person in my family you know I had my cousins and everybody who older than me and then I have everybody who's younger than me so I'm just kind of like you know we look up into everybody like their goals or I want to be like them and I just wanted my little cousins to see and know okay someone in my family has done these things and I can do it too so I decided to go the college route and then I went to traditional school. I hated it. So <laughs> after my first semester, it was kind of like, I was just, you know, stuck. Um, mm-hmm. I ended up starting, I ended up starting um, a job. So I started working in the banking industry and then I did banking and insurance for about six years. And then by this time, you know, cosmetology school is more, popular or more it's just more it's marketed better you're seeing it more and so I just decided like this is what I want to do um but I was scared because again like I you know I've kind of like started my life or whatever and I'm like oh my god now I'll probably be a little too old for this you know right right I ended up giving it a shot and I really 
honestly, all of the things that I worried about prior to, um, it, it, it was not even a factor or it just hadn't been a factor in my career. So that was about, that was, that was about five years ago um, that I did this. So here I am now. Wow. So that wasn't that long ago then, five years ago. No, so. it's been fast though. Like, it seems like time is just, oh my God, zooming. So I like, you know, and people that listen to this show, we talk about following your dreams. That's one of the underlying subjects on this show. And on top of that, also entrepreneurship. I'm one of those people who I feel like it's so much better to work for yourself, to be in control of your own career. So what you said fits perfectly in a lot of the things that we discuss. And like I said, you're that's an example of following your dream. So like you just mentioned, that was five years ago. So that's like, that's a fast track. So how did we get from five years ago of you, like you said, you were doing other jobs, you knew that wasn't your passion and you followed your passion to where you are now because you are a salon owner. And that's a big a big task so how did what happened I'm like I said five years is quick so So it it, like you said you know it it really is quick because at this point in my career now like five years later right I'm looking at when I started five years ago and I said where I will be in five years for Mm -hmm. one um Mm -hmm. and where I said I would be is nothing like where I am just because not the goal setting part and not the putting my mind to something and getting it done part Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. in a sense of thinking that things are supposed to be perfect or Mm -hmm. you're not supposed to have challenges or bumpy roads or anything like that and just to kind of chime in on being better to work for yourself I don't necessarily feel like entrepreneurship is for everybody because it's easy, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a lot of work. I mean, it's it's work. (laughs) Definitely. I have a cousin. She did, like, this ancestry thing or whatever. But basically, I got to reading, like, a lot of stuff on pathology and psychology. And it was just talking about how some stuff is just kind of, like, in your DNA. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I'm one of those people because five years ago, when I decided to go to um, cosmetology school, I was a kindergarten teacher. Mm. Um, and really, my aha moment or my this is it moment was I'm in the classroom with my kindergartners, love them. Like, I mean, they love me. Like, they just everything. But for me, I'm more of a re- practice what you preach type person and Mm -hmm. so if I'm telling them you know they're looking at me and I remember you know I mean I'm I mean not that it's wrong I regret but I'm you know I have tattoos I have everything so when I went to when I was teaching I would go to school you know long sleeves stuff like that because I don't necessarily want my I didn't want my students to see me and say um Miss Monroe have this so I want this you know I want my mom was the type of person like you make your decisions you decide for yourself you know kind of thing so when I realized how these kids just for one naturally look up to you I'm just kind of like how am I in here you know encouraging them to be the best they can be and follow their dreams and I'm not doing the same thing so 
you know, it, it kind of weighed heavy, heavy on me. I really think that through because of that job, you know, and at a point I used to feel like I kind of regretted even going to college because I'm like, I could have been doing this, but I had to realize there wasn't my walk, there wasn't my path, there wasn't a part of my purpose or my destiny. So when I started, you know, I got the courage, you know, I didn't want to tell my close friends or, you know, anybody what I wanted to do because I didn't want to hear people telling me, you said you was going to do this before, but yeah. you changed your mind. You know how you said, yeah. like, you're a beautiful dropout, but yeah. at the time, it, it just, that wasn't the time for you. It's not like this is not what you love or this is probably something you want to do, but it just wasn't the time. So, right. you know, I tried other avenues. And so when I started and I knew, like, I'm going for this and I don't really care what anybody says, at that moment, I made up my mind, like, okay, I'm, it's going to be like basically a year sacrifice. Okay. I mustered up the strength um, because, you know, I even had to pay to go to cosmetology school. So I mustered up that strength. And when I did it, um, I started like planning my goals immediately. You know, I didn't want, I said, when I start, I don't know how, by the grace of God, you know, I'm going to be a salon owner starting out because, I didn't want, I remember prior experiences where feeling like the new person in a African-American salon environment, it just didn't feel good. So I wanted yeah. to set a standard, you know, I wanted to create my own vibe and I just wanted it to be like my way. And the way that I, and, and not in a selfish way, but what I'm saying right. is the way I learned and the way I was taught things that I learned in cosmetology school, I implemented those things in my business. And I find even to this day within our culture, it is so much teaching that needs to take place when it comes to even getting a cosmetology service or any yeah. service for that matter, because you're so used to, you know, maybe when you went to um, the, the salon in 1994, you got like back-breaking services for $20. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so when I, the way I was, I learned, you know, I went to um, Paul Mitchell. So mm -hmm. that the brand itself is just, it's just, it's here to stay. It's, it's, yeah, it's high end. It, yeah, it, Paul Mitchell is high end. It's so it, it's just it speaks for itself, you know, and so I just wanted to not have I mean, you you can't care, you know, what people think, but at the same time, it's like, I don't even want to start out with these stereotypical expectations. So I'm going to set it on and this is how this is going to go. Um, so when I started, like when I finished, I like. I didn't stop doing anything. When I completed, for one, my attendance at school, it was like 99.99% because I probably missed four hours. Like, I only probably took off one day because my best friend was getting married. Um, my, like, my average, we had the three categories. It was like 100. Like, it was up there. I received, like, extra mile award from school. I did all of the, you know, everything because I really just, I just started like walking in how I was talking it in. I loved it. It really gave me what I needed. I really felt 
fulfilled in what I was doing. So it was easy, you know, in that aspect. And so when mm-hmm. I finished, I waited, I went to that state board, I did that state board. And I mean, I might've finished in January, March, I had my license. And then June 15th, I was open for business. And I started, and I started in a suite. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was even crazy because the owner at the time of the place that I, you know, leased, he was saying, I don't lease to people, you know, straight out of school or who don't have experience of clients. And I didn't have any of it. I didn't have clients. I didn't have nothing. I just knew like, this is what I want to do. And I just told the man, look, you know, I said, even if I don't have no clients, you're going to get your money. So just if you take a chance, you know, you won't regret it. And it just really was like the confidence, you know, that I had. Not as I left him exactly like a year later and I got my salon that I'm in now. And this man said, for one, when I told him I was leaving, he told me, he said he knew it wasn't going to be long. But he said, I'm going to tell you, he said, when you first came in here asking to lease a suite and then you wanted the big suite because I had like a double, um, you know, and I had like someone, you, she had worked with me or whatever. He said, I was like, who she thinks she is? <laughs> mm, wow. So, but he just was like, you know, he was just, he was really proud of me, you know, because he he just saw, you know, my determination, I, what I set out to do. I did it. And all I did was as far as like marketing and everything, I just, I just used everything that I had for free, you know, social media, whatever. And then I feel like you said how I presented everything. Um, what you see is what you get and what my clients mm-hmm. know and anybody that is experienced with me, I'm not doing anything. Um, it's just been just so much like communication. I'm big on communication. Let's talk about it. Let's, you know, let's be clear on what we're doing, what's our goals, what we're trying to achieve, what can we achieve, you know, just being realistic. And I mean, I probably got a hundred customers off mm-hmm. of because wow. it's word of mouth. It was just word of mouth. So I was very, very grateful for that. And I've just, a lot of my clients, they started with me and we're just growing. We're just growing. So like I said, that's amazing. And I I love how you didn't just take it to hairstyle. Like you took it all the way, you know, and fashioned yourself on having a great salon. I think one thing too, with the salon industry, I feel like a lot of people, as clients, you know, as customers, we all have that one bad salon experience, unfortunately. Like I had a um, previous stylist on the show, um, her name is Miss Alicia, a few months ago, and we talked about that. And she's um, she's a very successful hairstylist and she actually goes around teaching um, young women how to monetize more and to be more high end. So we discussed that as well. And I know you mentioned too, just from some things that you said about how you run your business to be, you know, above standard. What are some of the things that you really work towards on a regular basis to just make sure that, you know, when someone comes to Avenue Road, they're getting that 100% top-notch experience so that no one could ever come to your salon and say, oh, well, you know, it was just one of those average salons. Like, 
what and I'm just from hearing you already <laughs> see what you know your determination to stand above the rest and I think that's something that we we look for you know we want when we go to a salon we want that great salon experience what are some of the things that you really focus on that drives you to just always make sure that you stand out above the rest well for me um professionalism is like top top priority um and like I said I do want people to feel connected and I want you to have that experience but what I have created is like a space of you know boundaries right so my clients is more of an experience when they come. I really, really like at a point, I remember after I had my son, um, I had got so like in demand where I started feeling like I'm all over the place, like whatever, whatever. I do not like how they feel. So for me, starting out also, a difference that I said was like the scheduling site. Um I wanted that to create a, a um, standard and be structured, right? So mm-hmm. the way we service people in our salon is one by one. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have, if you come in in the morning for nine, honestly, you'll come in for your service and then you'll be leaving out before somebody's coming in. That's just, and that's the way all of the stylists in my salon work. So- okay. We don't have, and due to COVID, um, we took away like our waiting room and stuff like this. We don't have that in there just because we don't want all the extra space. But it's just that important that timing is everything because not only are you paying, you know, for your service and you're having this experience, but I'm not about to have you here for six hours or working on three and four people while you're getting your service. So what I like is that they get that one-on-one experience. And also when people come in, because also, you know, some stylists, you can get into the the groove and the hustle and bustle of things, but you don't realize sometimes clients be kind of scared or intimidated to talk about things that they may be feeling insecure about or whatever. For us, I like to create an environment to where at least all of our clients can get that one-on-one experience, you know, where you can tell me, you know, how is your day? Or if you have something that you may be insecure about, you can talk, we can address all of those things and, you know, just be done in a, a, a good manner to where, you know, you feel comfortable and okay about whatever it is that's going on. So I would say the structure um, and the structure as far as timing, and, you know, just the professionalism, we're really funny too. So we like to, we really have a good time. And, you know, people that come into the salon, they know, like, it's really like a family type of vibe, but we just don't want to ever have our clients or anybody who hasn't had an experience with us to feel like you're just one in a hundred. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even if you've been to us one time or if you've been to us a hundred times, I'm sure, you know, we left some type of impression on you. And then, of course, like you said, everybody's going to have that one. I mean, I say about the million McDonald's, but you're going to have that one McDonald's that you go to. You just be like, oh, my God, today just probably wasn't the day. But, you know, you move on and we just try to learn and perfect and just keep going, keep moving forward. 
Now, one thing about the beauty industry, I feel like, you know, obviously we talk about empowerment a lot on this show. So what do you feel is your role as a stylist in the beauty industry, the correlation between, you know, hairstyling and, you know, the beauty industry and motivating and empowering women? Because I feel like there's nothing like that, that feeling when you step out of the salon after you just got a fresh look, like it's just to the point where it's like, you can't tell me nothing, you know, like, and it's, it's, it really builds a woman. You know what I'm saying? When we, when we look in the mirror, we look and feel good about ourselves and hair is a huge thing, especially, you know, in the African-American community. So how do you feel about that role? Because I feel it's an important role, you know, as a hairstylist in the beauty industry. No lie. I don't even really look. It is an important role, but I don't even look at it like I'm playing a role because it really just comes natural, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it just comes natural. Like we gonna gas our clients to the max. You know, we gonna we are. Well, I would say me. I'm very honest. I'm very honest, and that's just something that they're gonna say. But I'm very honest. So, but we're just gonna be realistic. But I mean, we're gonna get like I really truly find joy, and it motivates me when my clients are just happy when they feeling beautiful it's just like it's me like even if I don't feel good or feel like my 100 like when they are just feeling themselves it's just natural like it's on me like I need my hair done but you know it's just like it comes natural so I don't I don't necessarily feel like it's a role but I just think like it, it's just it's everything I love that experience. I love providing that. I love being a part of that for people, even like their special occasions. You know what I'm saying? Like people probably look at it sometimes kind of like if you're so busy or you have a lot going on, like, okay, this is a part of the job. But for me, it's, it's no, it's like, no, this, you getting married, this all wedding. Like, yes, I just got the hair yeah. part of this, but girl, you know, like it's just, it's everything. I really feel like, I just feel empowered by that. So I love that about it. I love that, honestly. I like that. As Like I said, I just feel it's such an important job. And I just feel like, you know, I feel like this year, especially when it was like, okay, once COVID happened, of course, and they had, okay, what's essential and what's not essential? You know? And of course, working in hairstyling is essential as far as I'm concerned. And one thing about hairstyling, and that's something um, that when I had Alicia on the show a few months ago, you know, just the technical side of hairstyling, which I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, you're working with chemicals, it's important to sanitize, it, it, you know. So I think that alone, I feel highlights the hairstyling industry because it's serious it's not just putting someone in the chair and you know it's, it's a lot more involved I try to I have tried to sometimes like my friends are like even my wife she's probably like so like why do you you just think so deep about everything but I am like I'm, I'm a conversation kind of girl so you can give me like to going and I have to like, you know, because I really be trying to understand in our culture, where is the, the, the gap or where is the communication breakdown in how you want to experience cosmetology industry? Um, 
you know, I, I'm just going to stick to that one because what I'm saying is when you brought up chemicals, right? I'm a hair doctor, basically. Um, I'm not taking away from how you start. I was somebody doing hair in my mama's living room or whatever. You know what I mean? But not to the technical standpoint. You were doing things to what you could just naturally figure out. You know, mm -hmm. I, I knew how to self-taught on braids, whatever, because whatever, you don't learn all that in hair school. Cool. But what I'm saying is I literally have to sometimes tell people or clients that they have like a consultation, right? If I, all of our chemical services for one requires consultations, all of ours. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we are that salon. Again, in our culture, people ain't used to it. They just, they just can't yeah. it. So, right. hey, you know, sometimes when you see this on Instagram and it's got 20,000 views, you want some stuff like, oh, I'm just coming to get this color because this was whatever. And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You know, right. so that's the part of the teaching moment of my job. But I'm just like, you don't just go into the dentist and say, pull this too. And I'm like, you don't go to the doctor and tell him how to do X, Y, and Z. So when you put it into that type of perspective, then they're like, oh, well, you saying it like that, but I be feeling like, you know how they have like a board of, how, we do have state board, right? But sometimes I be wishing we had like some type of mandate or mm -hmm. some type of requirements other than renewing your license or whatever. Like I'm a heavy on the continuing education but that's a choice and that's a choice and that's me as a person but I feel like some stuff should be required like CE courses and things like that because you know you have these clients if you if I tell you no because I feel like you might have or I might recommend you to a dermatologist or I may say your skin condition or something to this effect can't do whatever whatever you telling me whatever so you will go over to this house and she's just gonna do it versus trying to understand you you know what i'm saying so i feel mm -hmm. like i wish she had a little code of ethics to where like me for instance when a, when a client comes to me and they be like oh i went to this stylist and she xyz i'm like oh she the the main thing she was scissor happy or she cut my hair you know she cuts i'm always like no I said, the only thing that I can see that, you know, she probably went wrong at is she probably just didn't explain to you first, but she right. probably only addressed what needed to be addressed. You know what I'm saying? And when you put it into that perspective, they're like, oh, okay. But I just wish we had that amongst everybody. And like you said, the cleanliness. Yes, COVID is here and we have turned that up on the max, but before COVID, we were bleaching our, we were wiping our chairs down with uh, bleach wipes after every client doing all of that stuff anyway. And I just wish mm. you know, sometimes clients will understand or appreciate like all that really goes into the job behind the scenes. Yeah. But I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, it'd be worth it at the end, but sometimes it do get to be like a lot or it can be overwhelming if you're not a person that is structured. Or I'm a person that is structured, but sometimes it's kind of like I need to be doing like 10 things and I need to do them. So it right. drives me crazy, but it is what it is. Right. 
So this episode, we're going to be doing something slightly different. So we do have some members of your team, but before we bring them in, I want to cover two things. As I already told you pre-recording, and my famous question to end the show, but like I said, we're going to do something a little different. I want to give you the spotlight for you to answer. How do you define a queen? I would say, I would define a queen as someone who is resilient. Um, and I would say resilient because, you know, no matter the emotional, mental, physical challenges, you know, we can face day to day, you're just somebody that is, you're still trying, you're still, you know, showing up for people, you're still showing up for yourself, you know, you're listening, you're spreading love, you are empowering someone in any type of way, be it just just any type of small, you know, act of kindness, you know, anything that you may can do, just be a listening ear, um, however you can help someone out. Um, I would definitely say someone who is just resilient, you know, and and just loving, consistent and just life because it's just sometimes things could just get hard you know it just be a weight up on on your shoulders you know you carry mm -hmm. so many things through generational curses and yeah. so, so many things you know you just you 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 you're, you're fighting things that you don't even know that you're fighting so just the idea of somebody who's just gonna get up and keep it going is like my definition. Just when I think of a queen, I just think of somebody who is just resilient and you just keeping it going. I love that. So before we talk to your team, please tell everyone where they can book you and all the information regarding Avenue Road and also all your social media contact information. Okay, so I didn't even mention, guys, that I have a um, we have a luxury hairline as well. It's um, for natural hair, all hair types. So we have shampoo, okay. conditioner, um, the treatment mask. We have serum, shine spray, hairspray. And the whole line is just so bomb. Released that this summer as well. But pretty much all of our information, you can find it at www.avenueroad.com. Um, our social media is Avenue Row on Instagram, Facebook, and how you can book appointments with me is styleseat.com slash Courtney Monroe. However, if you go to Avenue Row, you can find all of us um, there. And I'm the Courtney Monroe on Instagram. And everyone that's listening who is not from the South, it is R-E-A-U-X, similar to the Go Love Yourself guys and Go Queen. Because like I said, us Southerners, we got to add our flavor to everything. So guys, make sure you look up Avenue Road, R-E-A-U-X. So the next segment that we're going to have, we're going to have some team members from Courtney's amazing salon. So we're going to give them a second to join in. Welcome to Avenue Row, your number one upscale hair salon in Baton Rouge. At Avenue Row, our number one goal is to help get your hair into its healthiest state. We now offer our luxury hair care product line to assist you while maintaining your hair at home. Each product is sulfate and paraben free, designed for all hair types. Visit our website to purchase your luxury hair care and schedule your appointment. 
Avenue Road, pick your avenue. My team consists of Tiffany Hamilton. She's a licensed master barber. And Cavassier Lloyd, she's a licensed cosmetologist. Um, if you're on our, any of our social medias or anything, you'll always hear us call her TT. So if you see us talking about TT, that's who we're talking about. So you'll see her probably as like Kate Shadre or something like that. But she's just a team member with all the names. So <laughs> on it. Okay, so nice to have you guys on. So I'll start with Miss Tiffany. So how long have you been in the beauty industry? So you're the you're the cut stylist. So how long have you been doing that? I'm fresh in the industry. I'm two years in. Okay, okay. And were you doing it? How long were you doing it prior to, you know, joining the industry? Was it something you were just doing on the side? Like what made you, you know, want to join that industry, especially barbering? Because that's a big, you know, that's a big job. So what made you find interest in that? Um, I started off with an interest in natural hair. Well, so I'm, I specialize in natural hair. So I, I'm a master barber, but I do hair. Okay, okay. Be okay. clear on that. I do everything the cosmetologists do except for I cannot wax. Okay. <laughs> on the face. That's it. But um I went natural about seven, eight years ago. And when I went natural, nobody was doing natural hair, like nobody. And so it forced me to try to figure things out on my own. And mm -hmm. with me figuring things out on my own, I was like I could kind of do this like you know but I never really thought about it professionally so you know I had a few friends that came over I did big chops on them and did styles on them but never thought of it in the serious aspect and then um you know just working in careers where I just felt like every day I was going to work and like I'm gonna walk out like y'all play with me I don't want to be here I'm I, I you know I stopped taking my purse and I would just go to work with keys like y'all make me mad I'm out so the last job that I worked, I was just like, you know, I really got to find something that's my passion. And so that's what led me to doing hair. Okay, awesome. And I love how you specialize in natural hair, even though I do wear units to give myself a break. I am team natural. I just literally posted a video last night showing um, my shrinkage <laughs> and natural hair. Oh my God, it's a it's a big job. So that's great that you specialize in natural hair. Definitely. Um, what's the average client that you get? Is a lot a lot of them are mostly barbering or you have a good combination of cuts? Um, it's a good combination. Because I have a lot of women that come in for like the, the pixie cuts or the taper cuts. And so I'm using my my clippers, my shears on them, getting those those, those good cuts in. And then I have a lot of, you know, clients that come with a lot of hair and they're getting coils or twist outs and, you know, rods and stuff like that, silk presses, stuff like that. So, I mean, you know, it's a good, it's a good balance. Mm -hmm. Do you find that the natural hair, you know, movement has grown significantly now? I feel like it's way more acceptable now. It has because I'm telling you, when I went natural, it was like, girl, who can help me? Like, <laughs> there was nobody. <laughs> so now, you know, all the beautiful black queens are coming in and not even, you know, everybody ain't coming to the shop, but I'm just seeing them out in the streets and I'm like, yes, yes. Oh, yeah, most definitely. So that you cut your hair so she don't think like your hair been like that for seven years. <laughs> Oh, oh. <laughs> okay, so I 
was I, I'm gonna say I was going through something, okay? Mm -hmm. And I had been I begged Courtney for months to cut my hair for me. And she told me no for months. And finally, one day, I caught her on a weekday. She had just had Issa. She must have been emotional. She told me, yeah. So I got the cut. Nah, I love the cut. But I missed my hair. I mean, my hair was like mid-back when it was straightened. Oh, wow. I got the cut. It was like six years of growth, seven years of growth. And cut it all off. And so now... <clears throat> I got this struggle puff, but it's all right though, because it's a big struggle puff. And I'm mm -hmm. gonna be back to where I was before I cut it, Courtney. Thank you. So you basically had a Bernadine moment because y'all yeah, been thinking I, about that scene and waiting to exhale when she got in the chair yeah. and was mad and was like, cut it. <laughs> and I wasn't even mad. I just felt like I wanted something different. And so I just was like, cut it. And I had just had a baby too. So mm -hmm. I mean, you know, emotions probably was just. <laughs> And you cried. All over. Right, right. And I cried. So, <laughs> right. So tell everyone how they can find you. If anyone's interested in booking with you and all your social media contact information. Okay, so you can follow me and find me on Instagram at Natural Sunshine 12. All, all together, Natural Sunshine 12. And my booking information for my style seat is on there as well in my profile. Okay, well, nice chatting with you. Like I said, I'm team natural, so I love natural hair. So I want to move forward to Miss Cavassier, a.k.a. TT. <laughs> so how are you doing today? I'm okay. So what is your specialty? And I hate to ask that because, you know, I know cosmetology is a huge range and a lot of people don't realize cosmetology is not just styling hair. It's skincare everything like I said I'm gonna be a school dropout so I know a little bit of something something so, <laughs> but what would you say is your specialty my specialty is um extensions frontals sew-ins quick weaves ponytails um silk press uh that Okay, I love talking to y'all. Y'all just covered everything, you know, like you doing the natural and you doing the quick music. Y'all <laughs> covered everything I'm interested in. So how long have you been doing here? Um, I've been licensed for uh two years. Okay. But I've been doing I've been doing hair basically all my life. Okay, so you've always had a love for it. Yes, has been my passion, and um, I actually wanted to go to high school when I finished high school, but um, my grandparents, like older people kind of look down on the profession, so my yeah. grandmother was like, she's not going to buy me a car to go to a trade school, so I went to college, and I, I was um, in my profession for about five years, but I mean, I was just there, and then um, it wasn't until I took a lash extension course, mm -hmm. and that kind of pushed me to get get my license and go to school. Um, I took the course after I had my baby, and so this was maybe October. I took the course, and then I returned to work in December, and... Um, I talked to Courtney about doing the lashes um, after I get off of work and she was like, that's not going to work. She's like, what you going to do? So I quit my job with a newborn baby and went to school. Wow. 
Wow, that's amazing. So just on the flip side, like how I asked Tiffany about natural hair being more accepted, I also feel like now wearing extensions is just like so natural. Like, you know, back in the day when people wore a weave or extensions, it was like, oh my God, you know, like you got like ribbed and roasted, you know, it was just like ridiculous. I feel like it's so acceptable now like yeah and like you... um units are acceptable too and yeah. when you oh, yeah. when you say you wear a wig or something they think it's like they grandma wig from the hospital or something right but it's not right but it's funny because that really was the image back in the day because back in the day you could not pay me to put on a wig it was just like a wig you know like uh -uh. but now it's just like it's so common i mean it's, it's like listening to the Q Chat podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Queen's Arrogance LLC. Our company website is www.goqueen.com.